Our text this morning is the, the epistle reading in Galatians 3 and 4. Rita, at least I, I at least you didn't have to read the all of everything, and I got a little bit today. I got a little bit longer text, so it was good for you. <laughs> all right, so uh, let me just go back to that last verse for a second. It says, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I, I believe that your experience should be the same as mine. Uh, in all of our lives, it seems like we always have, always have bosses. Uh, you know, when you're little, you got parents. Uh, sometimes when you're old, you still got parents. And, you know, I don't know what your experience is, but my mother's still my boss, whether, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, you do jobs, you have employers, they're, they're the boss. And uh, occasionally uh, you get a bossy pastor. And, you know, I would never do that to you when you were looking. And uh, there are governors and judges and mayors and police, and, you know, they're all bosses one way or another. Uh, sometimes uh, we perceive a boss that isn't really a boss, but we kind of work with it anyway. Uh, if you have a spouse, then sometimes that seems like a boss, even though it's not exactly a boss. Or, or, or sometimes, uh, you know, if you're like me, sometimes the kids are seeming like the boss. And, well, you know, and it's odd because you love people and you submit to them, even if they're not in charge of anything. And uh, in my experience, you get yelled at anyway. So, uh, you know, things work out the way they do. Now, the, the Galatians had bosses that weren't real bosses, and, uh, or at least not anymore. And, and, and they were having trouble dealing with it. What happened was he had these um, a, a Jewish fellows that came up out of Jerusalem, and they were following Paul around because Paul was saying stuff that they didn't think was right. They said, uh, Gentiles don't have to be concerned with the law of Moses, uh, except these guys said, well, you can't really be a Christian unless, unless you're Jewish first, because everything comes out of being Jewish. That's the heritage of the thing. And there's some... I don't know, uh, truth in that, but they were trying to convince people that they had to do Moses' law like a Jew, and Paul um, was uh, you know, making that difficult. And the, the, the difficulty for Paul, though, was that uh, to the Galatians, it was, it was pretty convincing what these guys were saying. It, was, it sounded right, but, but uh, what ended up happening, and the, the thing that Paul didn't like, was that the Galatians ended up with two more bosses that weren't really bosses. They had to deal with the, uh, the, the Jewish teachers, because, you know, if they were right, then these guys had to do what they said. And, uh, and then, of course, there's the law of Moses that they had to deal with, which would be another kind of boss. So, and, and if you look at all that stuff, how could anyone even hope to satisfy all of the rules that have to come down the mountain from Moses? Uh, um, and, and it did cause a lot of worry. As I said, these guys were pretty convincing sounding and it seemed like they had some authority because they came from Jerusalem. They were Christian guys, but they were kind of talking around Paul. So there was worry and there was discomfort that there was something wrong here. Uh, and so Paul, not being with the Galatians anymore, but still hearing from them, he, he wrote them this letter. Um, 
because they weren't feeling free anymore in Christ. They were didn't they, they didn't see anymore that they were heirs of heaven and earth because they had more bosses. Uh, and it was a problem. Now, I wonder if it has ever occurred to you that the Ten Commandments don't really command you. I don't know if you think of them that way. Or, or if you uh, happen to break one of the big ten that you might suppose you don't have a problem with God over that. That's, you know, it, it sounds terribly convincing that obviously those things have to have to be your boss. Uh, and, uh, but that's not more than these Jewish teachers were saying either. I mean, that's kind of what they were saying. You kind of have to do this stuff. So they were saying that to the Galatians, and sometimes it sounds right to us. It sounds like good sense that those rules are the boss. And if you add in all the other things that Jesus tells you, some of my favorite things are be perfect, like God in heaven is perfect. That's one of my favorites. Is it's a command of Jesus? Uh, I say thank you very much, but I don't think I can do that. Uh, the turn the other cheek one upsets me a lot too. And uh, uh, if a thief takes your stuff, then be perfectly happy with that and don't chase them down. Uh, uh, it's a long list. Love your enemy is right, right there somewhere too, and, and et cetera, and et cetera. There's lots and lots of things that sound like bosses. So does that sound like you're free, like you're heirs of heaven and earth, like Paul is talking, or is there something else going on? It, it's, it's a real problem if you uh, try to submit yourself to, to those bosses. You're always going to sit expecting to fail and to sin and to be miserable and to be bonded and, uh, uh, and to burn in hell. That's where that leads. The, the rules that Moses brought down the mountain, the ones that God gave his people, that they, they were binding at the time. But Paul is saying here that it's temporary. It was just until Christ came uh, and they were designed not to, uh, to, to bind necessarily, but it was, he, he compares it to being uh, the, the child of, of someone of property. And, and he says that, you know, in their, in their culture, uh, someone with means like that would put a pedagogue, that's the word he uses, you don't see that in the translation here, but a pedagogue is, a, is an actual English word. Uh, and, uh, and, and he said they'd put a pedagogue in charge of the child until he came of age. So a, a pedagogue is like a, like a nanny or, or a uh, you know, sometimes uh, you would you still see this with like English aristocrats or whatever. They'll take a guy or a woman uh, who teaches so that they don't have to go to school and be in danger. Uh, someone who guides them along the way, kind of like a substitute parent. Someone who watches over them, protects them, teaches them how to live and to become the aristocrat that they're supposed to be. Uh, but that's not there to... To, to make you a slave, you're still the child of the aristocrat, and when you come of age, then you're uh, you know fully authorized. And and so, 
their, their job is to, uh, to protect, to teach. Uh, and, and the law of Moses uh, also there to protect from each other, to teach about what God's uh, living with God is, should be like. Uh, to, to mature their faith and understanding of what God was about and what they should be about themselves. It wasn't there to make you a slave, although it probably, well, I mean, when you were kids, you probably felt like slaves when your parents were around. And I think that's kind of the way it is. You know, you, you work for them until you are an adult. It's the way it works. Uh, Paul calls that the pedagogue. He explains all that stuff. Uh, and, and that's what they do. That's what the law does. It protects, it teaches, and it, and it builds your maturity until you're ready. And then Christ came. See, so you don't, have to, you don't have to be with a pedagogue anymore. You don't need the law for that. That doesn't mean that it doesn't do anything or doesn't mean anything, but you're not bound like a slave to it anymore. It's there to help you, to guide you, when you need to know what does it look like to be godly, you know where to look. You go look at the things God said is godly, and that's what you try to do. But you don't, you're not bound to that. If you break one of the commandments, it doesn't mean you're going to burn in hell. It means you turn to Christ for forgiveness. Uh, and, and then you still try. You know, it's like Jesus says, uh, if you sin, I forgive you. Go and sin no more, which, you know, isn't going to happen. But he says it anyway. And, and he expects you to come back when that doesn't work. That's what the law does. You don't need that anymore. When Christ came to you, whenever that happened to you, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit's power entered in you, and the Father in heaven declared you sons. He, he adopted you. He took you into the family of God, and, and that is what you are. You're, you're not slave children anymore. You're not under the pedagogue of the law anymore. Um, that all of this was necessary he calls you sons, even though, you know, some, as I look around, are not looking sonly. Some of you look more like daughters, I will say that. But he says sons, he doesn't say daughters, there's a reason for that. It looks like a problem, but it's not really. Uh, when, when Christ came to you uh, and he declared, you were declared sons, it was necessary that way by adoption so that you could become heirs. Because uh, the heirs of anything in uh, in God's kingdom are sons. So you ladies are sons too, so that you can be heirs of the kingdom of heaven and earth. And I know that sounds funny, but the law isn't your boss anymore. The law has been fulfilled. Jesus came into the world and he said he fulfilled the law. It's all completed. Everything that needs to be done is done. Uh, that's the way this works. So Jesus came into the world as a, a son of a woman. He was born in the same way that you were uh, and, and, and uh, under the law. And he did that so that everything that needs to be done under the law, he could do. And then all of the commandments, every one of the 600 and whatever rules that Moses brought down the mountain, they're all done. Everyone completed on your behalf by Christ. That contract is done. It doesn't mean it goes away because you still look at it and you still want to know what you're supposed to be doing because you don't know in every moment. But that's what happened. That's what Jesus did. So you're no longer slaves to the law. You are free. 
sons of God, heirs of the kingdom of heaven and earth. All of that's important. All of that is fulfilled. All of that requirement Jesus did when he came into the world. He, he, he walked around in perfection. He never did anything that was sinful. Everything that the law required, he did on behalf of all of the people that were under the law that way and for you as well. So it is no longer your boss. And he gave you his perfect obedience. So when God looks at you, he sees Christ's perfect obedience. And he also gave himself for a perfect sacrifice because the sacrifice had to be perfection. And he was the only one who could do that. And in his blood, you are now righteous before God. He gave it to you. You are now in favor with his father because he is now your father because you've been adopted as sons and heirs. You have been bought out from the law by Christ's own blood. So valuable before God, it covers all of you all the time from the beginning of life to the end and everybody else that will ever live all covered in his blood, every single one. You've been bought out. You are no longer under the law. You don't seem maybe like a son. As I said, some of you look more daughterly, but that's covered also. If you go to the middle of this reading we had, it says basically in Christ, there, there isn't any more slave or free. It's not relevant anymore. So there are no more slaves under the law. There are your sons. And, and, and also there, there are no more gender issues there because whether you're male and female in this world, you're still sons and heirs. Uh, in Christ, this is so. There's no ethnicity, there's no race, there's, uh, there's no uh, exclu exclusion like a Samaritan might have been at one time. It, it, none of that has any earthly measure, uh, or rather it does have earthly measure, but not in the kingdom of Christ. We are all free sons heirs. This is true also in some other kind of ways, because sometimes, you know, you get painted the other way. So, uh, uh, so, you know, since you are free and heirs of the kingdom, you're also called child of God, which sounds like you're back under the slavery, but no, it's not like that. It just means you're born of God and that you're anew. Uh, and sometimes you get called bride of Christ and you guys, you know, you don't look like brides either. I mean, you really don't look like brides. And, and, uh, but it's okay because, but you are the bride of Christ. The church is that, and it's the one flesh with the Christ, with the son of the living God. So for you, to God, you are Christ. You are in Christ, and so you are him. Uh, you are one body with him, and when God looks at you, that's what he sees. Everything that is important to him is you. Uh, if you go to the, uh, this is difficult because, you know, I can't just say verse 3. I have to say chapter 4, verse 3, because we got two chapters here. But uh, it, it says that uh, you've been enslaved to the elementary principles. That sounds like some pretty high language. Basically what it's saying is that you're, you're slaves uh, to the order of creation, which, of course, that's where all your bosses are, your parents and your police, and you know that's where the bosses are. Uh, uh, and, and to some extent, you're still in that, but you belong to God. You are heirs of the kingdom of heaven. It's all yours. So you act 
according to those rules of the Old Testament because it is important to you to please God. And he says how to do that. So you try to do that and you live in this world for other people and for God, not for yourself, because you're done. You're free. You're ready to go. Uh, and, and for everybody else, you are here. Everything has changed for you. The Heavenly Father has got you covered. Whatever happens to you here, he's got it. Christ has already redeemed you. The Holy Spirit already lives in you and has made you whole forever. Uh, and the creation of all of heaven and earth is, is yours now. Doesn't feel like that. And you don't act like that. But it's true. You are sons and heirs and the bride. All of that in Christ. All of that now and all of that forever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.